Welcome to Kohler Mania. Thank you for joining us today. We are so happy that you're here with us. We are going through a mini series of the five love languages. I am Tanya. And I'm Michael. And in this podcast, we're going to be looking at words of affirmation. We all communicate love through our words. With those with words of affirmation as their primary love language, it is words that define what love is. They need to hear, I love you. I am so proud of you in order to feel love. They primarily feel and communicate love with their words. So Michael, why don't you take us into words of affirmation? Yes. Before we talked about communicating love with your touch, touching someone communicates, I love you. Well, we can communicate love with our words too. Simply saying the words, I love you. I'm so proud of you. Those with the primary love language of words of affirmation need to hear these words or they will not feel loved. Words of affirmation is building up another with your words. Words of affirmation are part of God's character, and he wants it as part of ours as we reflect his image. This is what praise and adoration is all about, praising God with our words of affirmation. In this way, we show him love and communicate powerfully our love for him, and it teaches us how to give words of affirmation to each other. God tells us in Proverbs 18.21 that the power of life and death is in the tongue. Those who love it will eat its fruit. Check that out life or death. Mm -hmm. God thinks words are important. It's a matter of life or death. Mm -hmm. First Thessalonians 5.11 says to encourage one another and build each other up. In Proverbs 12.25, God says that anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word cheers them up. There's a lot to worry about in this world that brings us down. We need constant encouragement to build us back up. Words will either build up or they tear down. Proverbs 27, 5-7 says that open rebuke is better than love carefully concealed. Nobody likes to be rebuked and open for everyone to see. It's one of the worst things that can happen to us. God says that love never communicated, kept to yourself, is worse than open rebuke. Is anything worse than not letting someone know, I love you, I really love you? Words can be the best way to communicate that in no uncertain terms. When we don't say these words, guaranteed there will always be a nagging doubt in your loved one's mind. Do they really love me? I have never heard them say it. To those whose primary love language is words, these words can bring life or they can completely devastate. Like with touch, there are dialects with our words. Those who need to hear compliments, reassurance they are doing a good job. Maybe they like certain types of compliments and those who need to hear over and over again reassurance that you love them. You can't go wrong by communicating both. I love you and I'm so proud of you. Gary Chapman says that verbal compliments or words of appreciation are powerful communicators of love. He gave the examples, you look sharp in that suit. That is really a pretty dress. I like how you're always on time to pick me up at work. Kids really need these reassurances. But don't forget about your spouse. Gary Chapman adds, what would happen to the emotional climate of a marriage if the husband and wife heard such words of affirmation regularly? Psychologist William James says that probably the deepest human need is the need to feel appreciated. We've heard in our marriage and family class people who flat out said, I see the need for giving words of affirmation to my children, but my spouse is not a child. I'm not complimenting or affirming them. You know, if the primary love language is words of affirmation, their tank will be empty. And one can't give from an empty well. With an empty love tank, they will not have love to return. This will have bad side effects for your relationship. 
But, you know, there's something going on in the area of compliments, and I can't completely put my finger on it. There's there's a big hesitancy in giving compliments. When we talk about words of affirmation in our marriage and family class, we always get some pushback from this. I don't, I don't get it. You know, what is the issue? You never hear anybody say, I'm not giving my spouse a hug or a gift or spend time with them or do anything for them. But you will hear pushback with giving compliments yeah. to spouses and mm-hmm. children too. It's the it's the weirdest thing. You know, you, you hear, I'm not complimenting somebody on things they should be doing. This is their duty or job to do. So why would I compliment for doing a good job? I have things I should do. You have things we are supposed to do. I'm not complimenting somebody for doing what's expected of them. Why? You know, there are so many studies in the workplace about how much workers need recognition and affirmation in their jobs and how much the lack of it causes people to be demotivated to do the absolute bare minimum because no one recognizes when I go out of my way to do a really good job or even when I go the extra mile. Doesn't it just make your heart sore when a boss says, I saw the job you did there. Wow. Awesome job. Doesn't that inspire you to do more? Yeah. If you feel like you're going the extra mile, but you hear nothing about it or worse, all you hear is complaints about what you're doing, doesn't that just take the wind right out of your sails? It's so deflating. It makes you say, I'm not doing anything for these people. I don't know if by giving a compliment, there's a thought that you will inspire the person to stop working to do more. I'm giving the person a marker that this is sufficient and I don't want to do that. I always want to inspire them to do better, so I'm going to inspire them by my lack of words. Gary Chapman points out that this this is a huge misconception. Words of affirmation inspire people to do more, especially if they have the primary language of words of affirmation. And a lack of affirming words demotivates and is outright devastating to someone who has this as a primary love language. You will suck the wind right out of them by your lack of words, and worse, by a critical environment. And the environment is naturally critical if we are not intentional about infusing some affirming words in there to counteract it. There's a famous study out there that found that all healthy relationships need to have a 10 to 1 compliment to criticism ratio. That's 10 compliments to every one criticism. But most relationships do not. For most relationships, the ratio is upside down, way more criticism than compliments. This study said that they can predict with almost 100% certainty if a couple is headed for divorce if they see a certain negative compliment to criticism ratio. We don't even realize how much we criticize the ones we love. We get tons of it. If our criticisms aren't outweighed by 10 times the compliments, the relationship feels heavy. Nobody wants to live in a critical environment. In a family environment, we are around each other a lot. And our words mean more in these close relationships than words from a stranger or acquaintance. If all we hear is how much we are not measuring up, this can cause horrible consequences in the relationship, even if the person deserves the criticism, because that's when the ratio really gets out of balance because a spouse or child is not doing what they need to be doing. So I'm going to let them know. But, you know, oftentimes one of the first things a counselor will do, especially with children, but this can also work with adults, too, is to get this ratio back to 10 to 1, 10 times the compliments to criticism, even if that means following the other person around and just look for even the smallest things to compliment on. 
Yeah, I just want to go back to what you were saying is the compliments. I mean, it really does make a huge difference. Everything that we do, we want to do it for the glory of God. We want God to be first in everything as, you know, the scriptures tell us. But also it is heartbreaking when you do something for children um, and you get the, well, I don't like that or uh, why did you do that? Or I'd rather have this. And it hurts deep down in the heart because you're thinking I'm preparing all these things for you and children need to learn how to be grateful and thankful and the words of affirmation. And they may not understand what this all means, but the same thing with our spouses. Like if we're doing something on a daily basis, we may take things for granted. Like you were saying, you know, a job that is your job in the home, like taking the trash or something like that. And, you know, we take it for granted. We don't take a moment to say, you know, thank you so much for taking the trash this week. I really appreciate it. I know I don't say it much, but thank you. And I think those are really key things that help us as those that have that uh, love language, words of affirmation to really receive and say, wow, I'm going to always take the trash out or I'm always going to do these things for the children. But even if we don't receive that back, we still are to reflect the love of Christ. We need more encouragement, those that need that words of affirmation. So to go back to what you were saying, you know, given the 10 to 1 ratio, but we shouldn't flatter the other person, should we? I don't want to lie by saying to someone is doing a good job when they're not. I mean, you know, we have to keep that in mind as well. No, that's true. We shouldn't flatter. The compliment must always be genuine. The saying flattery will get you nowhere is completely true. The compliments need to be real compliments. But when someone is doing all the wrong things, even a really small thing done right deserves a compliment. And we can be genuine about giving that compliment. How can we know our loved one has a pronounced need for words of affirmation? Well, I would say that would keep asking for affirmation is probably a good clue. They keep saying, look at this, <laughs> which we hear a lot in our family. Look at this. Look at this, daddy. Look at this, mommy. Um, what do you think about that? Uh, did you see me when I did this? And what did you think? You know, kids do that all the time. And we as adults do it. We want our loved ones to notice us. I know that I tend to do that to you as well. I think we kind of interchange that back and forth, you and I. Yes. And I think it's very important that we don't ever miss the moment to acknowledge something where someone is saying, look at this, whether a child or an adult, they're communicating a need. You are important to me. And what you think about me is important to me. Do you notice me? Do you love me? Do you think I'm important? Do you think what I'm doing is important? If we brush this off, we are communicating the opposite. We are telling that person, I don't notice you. I'm not thinking about you. What you're doing or did is not important to me. Now, a moment of inattention just communicates that, you know, we're not paying attention this time. We we all have moments of inattention, and this is probably not that big of a deal. But a pattern of not acknowledging a request for words of affirmation for a person whose love language is words of affirmation, this equates to, I don't love you. If you love me, I would be important to you. You would be interested in me and what I'm doing, and you would be impressed by me. 
You know, and maybe this is where those without words of affirmation as a big need feel that this sounds too much like pride. They're being prideful and I'm not feeling, I'm not feeding into that. And perhaps words of affirmation can be taken to the extreme and get into pride, but there can be a healthy need for words of affirmation that is not prideful. It's a need for significance that we all have, but those with words of affirmation as their dominant love language have a little extra need for significance. I need to know that I matter to someone. I'm making a difference in someone else's life. I'm not just taking up space in this world and mean nothing to no one. God created us for purpose and significance, and it is okay to strive for purpose and significance. God says in Ephesians 2.10, we are his workmanship, his masterpiece, created for good works. He tells us in Psalm 139 that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. God affirms us at every turn by saying we are written on the palms of his hands, our very hairs he has counted. How numerous are his thoughts about us. God placed in us a need for significance as another way to draw us to each other and as a way to motivate us to good works for the kingdom. Mm. For some, he gave us just a little extra dose of this, an extra need for significance to hear words of affirmation. If they don't hear these words of affirmation, their love tank will be empty and the marriage or other relationship will not run well on this empty tank. Now, Not all compliments are created equal. There are things we can do to optimize our words of affirmation to get more bang for our buck. Flattery is no good. We've said that earlier. We're not saying you should compliment poor work. So avoid flattery. The more, but the more specific you can be with your compliments, the better. Not just saying good job, but stating something specific that you like about it tends to be more meaningful. Studies have shown that complimenting effort seems to go further than complimenting outcome. So if your child, for instance, says, look at this volcano I made for my science project, don't just compliment how awesome it works and how creative it is, but also compliment how much effort they have put into it. Wow, you must have worked really hard on that, working hours on that. Now, some I think think take this to the extreme and will only compliment effort and not outcome at all. I I don't think this is a good technique. And maybe it's just me speaking from someone who has a strong need for words of affirmation or just my personal preference. But somebody complimenting me on the effort only just makes me think that this must not be that good. Because in my mind, I was asking how good this is. And you avoided the question by saying, oh, you must have worked really hard. You know, I, I hear this all all the time, compliments on how much work I put into my family classes, but rarely hear if it was actually good. And it leads me to wonder, did you get something out of this? Were lives changed? Am I doing anything important for the kingdom? So, you know, I think there's a place for complimenting effort and outcome and being specific. Specificity communicates truth. They really do think that this is good and did good in a specific way. So, Take a moment and pay attention, read the room, notice that a person is asking for words of affirmation and give the appropriate response. If something is fantastic, give a fantastic response. If something is good, give a good response. If something is not good, but they worked really hard, compliment the effort. You can compliment a losing outcome if the person hung in there and kept trying and didn't give up. Jump all over that effort. That is really what we want to encourage, an example of courageous character or work ethic in the face of defeat. You know, be specific. Take a little time and effort to follow up on the wows, good job, good effort, and say a few things about why it is good. Look for opportunities to compliment in public. Man, that is meaningful if a loved one rises above the awkwardness to compliment you to someone else. Even 
acknowledge the everyday things we do out of duty and can be thankless. Tanya, you mentioned that earlier. Our spouses do much, so much for us. Don't let it be a thankless job. We teach our kids to say thank you for everything. We get out of the habit with each other, and you see it all the time, and families doing things for each other without any acknowledgement whatsoever. And I catch myself doing it. I'll notice sometimes that Tanya just did something for me, and I didn't say thank you. If anybody else did that for me, I would definitely say thank you, or it would be rude. You know, we take our spouses for granted. We shouldn't do that. Say simple thank yous. It takes no effort to say thank you for cooking that meal. It was delicious. Thank you for mowing that lawn. It really looks nice. Take the time every once in a while to give a more deeper, meaningful thank you. You do so much for me. I don't know what I would do without you. I just want to let you know how much I appreciate you and need you. Notice when your loved one has an extra need for words of affirmation and make sure that you are paying a little extra attention to that need. Gary Chapman says to look out especially for your loved one's strengths. Chances are they will work hard to live up to their reputation. Not only write love letters, but also include words of affirmation. I'm so proud of you with specifics on why you admire them. If this is their primary love language, this is how the person communicates love. If this is not high on what love means to you, this may seem strange and you might not see the need. Compliments do nothing for me. I'm not going to influence them to be prideful. They should know that I love them. I don't need to reassure them or any number of excuses not to give words of affirmation. The result, your loved one's love tank will be empty. Nothing good comes from that. There will be bad side effects to the relationship. If you don't have a strong need for words of affirmation, but your loved one does, you probably need to be intentional about it. It won't come naturally. Gary Chapman suggests writing on a three-by-five card, words are important, and putting this in a conspicuous place where you will see it all the time. For one week, keep a written record of all the words of affirmation you give your loved one each day. I would add, keep track of any criticism you give and see where your ratio is. We have heard of people doing this and being shocked at how much they criticize and how little, if ever, they compliment. Folks, A bad compliment to criticism ratio is a toxic environment. Everyone rejects a toxic environment. Those with words of affirmation as their primary love language flat out rebel from it in one way, shape, or form. Set a goal to give your loved one a different compliment each day for one month. If you hear someone else give a compliment, write it down so you have some examples to use. Write a respect letter to your spouse with specific compliments about how you are proud of them. Chances are you will probably find this letter saved and kept in a special place. Yes, words of affirmation are important to all relationships. We need to let our loved ones know in no uncertain terms with specific words, I love you and I'm so proud of you, and then give specifics as to why and to look out for those ways to also compliment the effort and work they put into things as well as how well something turned out. And I love that you gave the example of how, you know, do it for a month, write the compliments for a month and see your criticisms. I mean, this is so important. It hits me in my heart as well, because this is one of my love languages. And I know it's one of yours, Michael, and it's really important that we do this. And as well, we're starting to see that for our child. Um, We're still trying to figure out what her love languages are, but I know she loves to be affirmed in the things that she does. So it's really encouraging to really go through this mini series and understanding the love languages of words of affirmation. 
So this brings us to the end of this podcast, but in the next one, we will be talking about quality time. We all have a need to spend quality time with our loved ones, but those with a strong need for quality time really, really need to spend quality time with those they love. And we'll talk about that in the next podcast. So thank you for joining us. And we hope that you are able to apply this into your families and just really read the room and see if this is a love language of your spouse or your children and just pray and ask the Lord to show you. So until next time, God bless. bless.